just when you thought the veterinary workforce shortage couldn't get any worse, we've got inflation, gas prices, rents through the roof. How is that impacting what we're seeing in the workplace this week on The Veterinary Viewfinder? Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And welcome to May of 2022 or thereabouts, because we are dealing with additional challenges post-COVID. And for a while there, we were talking about, oh my gosh, we're getting amazing raises and increases in benefits and all this stuff. But is that going to be usurped by gas averaging $4.58 a gallon across the country and rents soaring 25% above this time last year in many markets. Before we talk about all of that, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, you know, we've been sort of lauding, applauding, praising all of these raises and benefits and, and compensation packages and recognition of veterinary professionals, but suddenly it's being overshadowed by inflation. I mean, oh, it's uh, this inflation and gas prices seems to be like overshadowing everything. And you know me, I, I regularly admit to my Coke bottle rose glasses, and I really, really try to see a positive spin on things. And it's probably maybe more of the ostrich head in the sand, but whatever. It, it, it occurred to me, I was in Chicago last week, gas was like five. 20 in wow. a lot of places yeah. and you know i was filling this tiny little rental car and you guys know at home we've got a motorcycle and a silverado <laughs> right. and like the difference there so i i think i put like 50 60 dollars in to fill a half a tank of this tiny little car and i was thinking to myself boy this is getting to the point where it makes a big big difference right like now we are really taking a bigger chunk out of paychecks that we already are living week to week with and it occurs to me that this has got to really be affecting folks in areas that are a lot more urban and they've got to travel to work. I think about my folks out in Texas where they're, you know, everything's far in Texas and I'm worried about them. And I'm wondering how our clinics are or can compensate for this because I think we're going to lose more people who say, I just can't afford to drive to work anymore. Yeah. And just to let you know, Newsweek viewfinders did a little story and they they showed like how much it would cost to fill up your, your car and so forth. And right now, if you make minimum wage and you fill up your 12 gallon tank of gas, that's your entire day's pay. Right. Gosh. I mean, so this hits home in a really hard fashion for the lowest income workers. And, and Becky, I got to tell you, you know, many times I have to put veterinary professionals in that lower income category, you know, because most of the time, I mean, many of our colleagues, especially the vet techs, you know, they might be making 10, 12, if they're lucky, $15 an hour. And again, if you're paying $5 a gallon or more for gas, that really puts into perspective, like how far can I drive to make this worthwhile? Okay, right. And then let's take a look at that pay scale. And we'll say in, in the best case scenario, our veterinary technicians are credentialed and being paid as so. What about our kennel techs, our right, CSRs, right. those who are not credentialed, who are probably making several dollars less than the credentialed staff? And so what you're telling me is if it's a gallon of gas, if I have to fill up, say, twice a week to drive to and from work, I'm... I'm, I'm profiting three of my five days 
and I'm putting two other full days into my gas tank, I am really going to have to justify that. You know, I'm, I mean, I think more and more people are looking to work from home, uh, find places closer to them, public transit, whatever it is. But like, I, I would literally have to make a major change in my life if that was the case. I, I, I don't know what people are going to do. Right. And compounding the issue, viewfinders, is rising rent. And so yeah. there have been several studies that show like major urban areas, New York, Miami, Philadelphia, you know, LA, all those places, that rents have been up over 25% in a year. And what this also forces people to do is move out. So maybe they did live closer to their clinic and they could afford to drive there, but suddenly now they've had rent increases. And Becky, that can push them further and further away to finally they say, I just can't do this job anymore. Well, and more terrifyingly, another trend I've heard is just because the market is so hot right now, um, people are deciding to sell their rental homes. And so not only are these folks having to move, but there's nowhere to move. They're being put out of their homes because people decide they want to sell and not deal with renting anymore. They can make a ton of money on their house. Um, there is nowhere to rent. So it's not just, you know... Not to pick on like the boomers, but, you know, we always hear that cliche, you know, people used to say, stop buying that daily latte and right, right. pack your lunch and all the stupid things people used to say that were supposed to fix your financial problems when they had no real idea. Like this is now like, no, you can't move somewhere less expensive. You know, there is a mathematical formula that says how much of your house you can afford based on your pay. And there is no realistic place to live especially safe place to live um, at that rate anymore. Like this is actually getting dire and we're not talking about it. And even more terrifyingly, I'm afraid we've got people in the clinic and this isn't just support staff. I mean, I, I assume even my veterinarians are living on a budget, whatever that is, having 25% increases in the cost of living, um, just their their potential rents. I think this is affecting everyone. And, and, and it's got to be making tensions high. I, I would assume it's affecting our clients who then come into the clinic with less money to spend. Like, this is a snowball. Right. And, and again, viewfinders, you know, I, I've been around a while. I've owned clinics and businesses for over 30 years. So I've seen inflation. I've seen recessions, you know. But this is a confluence of factors that we haven't seen before, right? I mean, we're coming out of a pandemic that completely disrupted everything about business and our daily lives. And now on the other side of it, we're seeing some inflationary pressures that are being fueled by, you know, not only supply chain disruptions all the way in China, which is still undergoing shutdowns and lockdowns due to COVID, but we've got a war in Ukraine, right? I mean, so yeah. this is really unprecedented turbulence. And so for me, like I've been sitting back going, okay, I think this will all work out. And then like every other shoe keeps falling, you know, it's like, oh, there's another lockdown in China and oh, Russia decides to start a war. <laughs> you know, it's like, wait, yes. what? Can we please just stop? And, and now I hear there's monkeypox, but we won't go there this week. If you find I have it. not <laughs> heard about monkeypox. I'm not ready. <laughs> That's right. But the reality is, you know, what we're, what the reason we want to have this conversation with you today is to, to really get a better grasp of why we're having such a hard time hiring people and maybe why turnover is being affected in your clinic. And so I guess the first thing we want to ask you, Viewfinders, is is inflation actually impacting your daily work? It, I, I fear, as Becky does, that, you know, hey, it may actually be the support staff around the vets and the vet techs that are most affected. And are you seeing now more sick outs from kennel help or are your CSRs just, you know, saying, hey, I can no longer do this job for this pay or whatever? I mean, that's that impacts everything. 
Agreed. And I think even if you're not seeing, <laughs> I'm not, not accusing you or anyone, but if you're not seeing it, it doesn't mean it's not there. So let's start a conversation in your clinic. Let's say, how is everybody doing? Is there something we can do? Because if you can get in front of it or and even just show that you care and start the conversation, um, look at your staff who lives really far out. Can you pay attention? And, and to me, there are solutions. So it might be a time to look at your schedules and say, hey, guys, we need to go to three twelves, um, at least why this is a problem. Or right, right. If, or do you want to go to three twelves right. to where you're only driving in this many days a week? Is there the possibility for um, carpooling? Is there is there can you buy them a gas card every month to help offset it? Um, what are your options to help them? Because I guarantee you they need the help. And it, even if you, if my fear is if they're not talking about if they're not talking about it, the worst is going to happen. Right. Like right. that's when they're looking for another job or they're trying to because the stuff they're not going to talk about is the stuff they don't want you to know, which is that they're leaving or struggling. So, um, you know, I think the important part is, is, is approach them, have the conversation, um, be proactive. You know, it's, it's what I'm always preaching. Right. And I think to Becky, you know, many times a manager or a practice owner is reticent to start this conversation because they go, well, I can't solve it. Right. Like I can't give them a big raise or I can't pay for all their gas. Right. So they're afraid if they open this topic that they're going to be met with, well, okay, we'll fix my problem. But I don't think that's always what our employees are looking for either. Right. I think that many times our colleagues want to know that you're aware that they are struggling, that there are challenges, right? That, that you're actually trying to do what you can do, right? I mean, I think, that, I think that goes a long way. I know that may sound empty to some of you listening today, but Becky, I think sometimes just saying, let's talk about it. I don't know that I can fix it is also positive. 100%. I think, again, just an awareness, just a proactive, I see you. I'm not going to pretend your struggles are non-existent. And I'm not going to pretend that I think a lot of times our, we can feel like our employer is the answer. If they would just give me a raise, if they would just do this, if they would just do that. And again, we've talked for years, you know, about financial transparency in the clinic so that your staff understands that you are not making a million dollars a day in the clinic. Like it probably feels like you are when you're just ringing up $300 bill after $300 bill or whatever. So I think saying, hey, I don't have the answer, but I need to check in with you. Is there something we can do to help? Because again, I do think there probably is ways you can help. And, and I think, again, even in the form of a gas card, even in the form of um, let me fill your tank this week. Let me can we adjust your schedule so you're here longer but less days? Um, just being proactive and showing, hey, I see that this could be a problem and I'm here to help is means so much because. I think a lot of times our support staff just feels alone in their problems and that they don't feel seen and that, you know, you as an employer may just assume you're paying enough for them to be comfortable on their day to day. Right, right. And again, something as insignificant as, well, I don't know how much you, you put in your car, you know, could actually be meaningful to that person. Uh, one other thing, too, you know, I, I do like to use a lot of these apps, especially these days. And, uh, you know, Gas Buddy did a thing not too long ago. Many of you may have gotten the same alert I got, but it said that uh, back, I don't know, a couple of months ago, I remember this. They said that cheapest gas was found on Mondays nationwide. So, you know, if you're looking oh. to fill up, maybe you do it on Mondays. I remember they said like leading up to the weekend, like maybe Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 
similar in there, Wednesday, Thursday, something like that, were the busiest days. And so therefore the prices were the highest. And again, we're only talking about a couple of pennies, but you know, hey, that every penny counts these days. The other thing too, Becky, you know, in addition to gas, we did mention rent and we talked about how that's pushing people out further and further. You know, I, I think that we can't forget this is also impacting the pet parents that we serve, right? So I, I can tell you that there are some urban areas that have thrived over the past decade or so, right? So people all move downtown and they got this beautiful, you know, condo or a apartment or whatever. And many of those people now due to rent issues and just high price of real estate are having to move away. So I think it's actually going to change a little bit the complexion of where clinics are going to be positioned over the next several years. And you know, Becky, what I think what, what I think people need to be aware of is this is, we don't know, this is a different time. Like in the past, we would say, oh, you know, after inflation and recession, it comes back even better. And that's historically been true. And I still believe that. But what we haven't seen is a pandemic, which drove a lot of people out of larger urban areas for the first time, right? They then found remote or mobile work out there, wherever they lived, outside of cities and urban areas, and they aren't willing to move back in. So I think that now if you start to combine inflationary pressures with pandemic and people saying, you know what, I want to work remotely, I think that's where we're really going to lose a lot of clients and staff, as you mentioned. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think that's really scary because what's happening is it is becoming less expensive to not work. Right. <laughs> you know, it, it, and we're just coming off a pandemic where people were adjusting to that in one income households. And so, um, it, you know, and, and as people continue to say, you know, we are living in a gig economy. And so there is more and more opportunity to work in a way that is more convenient, that maybe pays for your day to day. Um I see so many people looking for more work at home for more um, starting their own business and getting more creative. And I think the more they're backed into this financial corner, the less scary it will seem to make those leaps because you're broke either way. Yeah. And Becky, what I loved earlier and and you reminded me of something I just want to keep emphasizing is that, you know, you and I tend to see the world through the lens of the veterinarian and the vet tech. But let's say you're a CSR. There are plenty of remote work opportunities that you have, right? If you're working in the kennel or as an assistant in the back, again, there's a lot of opportunities out there that aren't you aren't tied to a credential, a license. You don't you don't have uh, you know the the weight of a student debt because you had to go to professional school for this, right? I mean, this is this is different, and I think that. If we lose that underpinning foundation of support staff due to all of these issues, and there are plenty of issues, then I think that, again, changes the way we deliver vet med. So, you know, I think if you're listening today and you're probably a vet tech or a manager or a veterinarian, remember, we're actually more concerned about all those people that are around you that don't have those initials behind their name. That's exactly right. And let's talk about the students because, you know, as you were rattling off the types of people who listen, we hear from so many veteran veterinary students. So shout out to you guys. Thank you. And I think that that is a problem, right? Like you are really stuck to how far you are from the school. And that is absolutely a daily transport. And sometimes you're on call or have to run back and go to clinics and go back to your job. And, um, you know, I think they have, you know, this the fear that there's going to be more student loans and that they, they're resourcing money and how this could affect them long term. So I, I think there is not an area or anyone in our clinic that's probably not affected by this. But like you said, the least credentialed they are, including students, 
the more this is likely a serious impact that needs to be considered and discussed. And, and again, please just try to be creative. I think this is where we miss out in our opportunity. As creative as a, as a <laughs> profession as we are, when faced with a problem, we if it's not life-saving with animals, we tend to be like very literal. And so again, I think carpooling, I think public transportation, I think schedule changes. It may even be you have to change your clinic hours, right? Like you may need to shut down on Saturdays now or shut down on Wednesdays and be open later the other days. But don't immediately shut down any ideas because it's it sounds crazy. I think this is where we see a lot of our colleagues struggle is like, oh, there's no way I could do that. There's no way I could give them an extra X amount of dollars a week. There's no way like like, but are you sure? And my favorite story behind that is when I started my relief work back in the day, um, I would tell I would tell the, the people who called me I get paid twenty dollars an hour and then um, there's a, a two dollar administrative fee, right? Okay. Because that's, I had to pay my own taxes. Whatnot. Right, right. They'd always be like, oh, that's too much. I can't afford to pay, you know, um, I can't afford to put, I think maybe, or maybe it was like 18 plus those $2 anyway. Yeah. Point being, they freaked out so much about it <laughs> that I said, okay, fine. And I went straight to the hourly rate. And then I said a flat $20 fee per day. Well, if you take two and you times it by eight, <laughs> you wow. get 16. So I ended up making an additional $4 an hour that they felt was very agreeable because I said a flat $20 rate as opposed to an additional $2 an hour, which somehow sounded like a lot more money to them. But nobody actually did the math to realize I just agreed to $4 a day more as opposed to if I paid the $2 fee. So I use that story to reflect how quickly we might decide we cannot do something and, and we don't really drill those numbers down and we don't really look at if we could do that and what that would really look like for our business. So um, I, I would ask you to please do the numbers before you decide you can't afford something and you're actually paying more. Right. And again, you know, these are those areas where if you're a business owner or manager listening today, you also want to talk to your accountant because Becky's dropped a couple of times hints about, you know, well, maybe you can somehow pay for some of their gas or whatever. Well, there are some tax ways to do this. And again, I'm not an accountant, but you know, there are these things called fixed and variable rate allowance plans. And I think they can allow certain deductions for fuel and so forth. So again, if you qualify, it's, it's, this is a conversation. Again, you could pick up and talk to your, your accountant and say, Hey, do we qualify? If so, what do we do? How do we implement this? And so forth. Because I think those are also going to be the, the attractions that we're going to have to present to tomorrow's workforce. Becky, is they're going to say, well, is there a fuel stipend built in or something like that? And again, I don't know oh, yeah. all the details of this, but it's worth exploring. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think that this at the very, very least, what I can tell you guys is if you're trying your and your employees know and they see and they believe you care, they are going to be a lot more tolerant and a lot more likely to feel appreciated, even if there isn't a good answer immediately, just because you're trying and you see it and you're recognizing. And so all we really want to do is bring this to light and bring this conversation up because there, there, I think is a creative answer, but I, I just don't know. I don't want to undersell how much your employees will appreciate you just recognizing the struggle that they're in. Yeah. And, you know, I, I remember back, uh, this was probably in the 
mid nineties when we were going through some recession type times. I remember a a guy, a friend of ours who owned a series of uh, ice cream shops up north, and he was having a hard time at the time, you know, getting like some of just these are minimum wage workers to to actually yeah. show up and just due to a lot of you know not necessarily gas prices through the roof, but just in general. And he actually, I thought, had a clever solution. He actually paid one of those employees to drive a cheap old van that he got, and he would go around and actually pick these people up and take them home. And yeah. you know, I and and again, these are people that maybe didn't even have a car. And so he was actually tapping into a different type of, of workforce that he wouldn't have access to otherwise. So, you know, it became kind of a thing and, and people became, you know, like really loyal to that company because they're like, yeah, they pick me up and take me home. Again, I'm not saying that would solve our problems, Becky, but, you know, I'm saying getting creative, as you are suggesting, is really important. And so for that this particular individual, it worked for him and his three or four different ice cream shops. He was able to to keep kids in and all that stuff, people that didn't have cars. Uh, so again, I, I think that I think we can help. I just, you know, I think we've got to start the conversation. Absolutely. And keep in mind, there are other things in your your employees' lives that maybe it isn't immediately, you know, but maybe they've got to drive all the way over to daycare to do something or, or, you know, it it may not be that they have to commute far, but, um, you know, it's just another consideration and it's everything. It's food, it's gas, it's rent, it's literally everything is more expensive right now. And so helping your employees in any way you can makes a big difference. And, you know, that might even be, can you buy lunch two days a week? Can you treat them? Can you do something to take that stress off? Uh, At this point, I think we're all ready to start putting tip jars out. (laughs) (laughs) If they get to do it at Starbucks, why don't we get to do it? And and Becky, you just uh, reminded me of an article I read recently about the the scarcity of, of childcare. So post pandemic, a lot of like childcare facilities closed down or now they're coming back and they can't hire the people anymore. I mean, for all the same reasons. And so what this article was showing was that, uh, employees with small children, both male and female, were actually not going back to work because they're like, I, you know, it's not that I couldn't even afford the childcare. It's doesn't exist. I simply cannot find it. And I think, you know, to play on that as well, to go a step further is we're still in a pandemic, right? Like yeah. this is still a problem. I was talking to a friend the other day, his wife got diagnosed with COVID yesterday. So now his kids can't go to daycare. Um, they have to be quarantined. There's no choice, right? They have to stay home. So um, I think that's another thing that we have to keep in mind is that like, we are still struggling. We are still in a pandemic. So the shortage is real on top of all of that. And so um you know, I think we really need to figure out ways to just be at the very least checking in with our team. What are your struggles? What is there? Is there a solution you see that I could do? Um, it, I might not be able to say yes, but like, what can we do to help each other right now? Because we are actually all probably struggling in in more ways than we realize. And then I guess that the thing that goes with that, and we've said this a million times, but like, you know, we say like, leave it at the door, you know, and leave your personal life at the door and leave work at the door. That's like, that's not going to happen. That's not a thing. So if you are one of those employers who doesn't like personal chit chat and people in the back and da da da, please just know that right now, the people we work with are probably our main support system in a time we actually can't see and can't get around. We, a lot of folks might not be able to travel and see their families and stuff like that. Like, can we all just like take a step back and look more than ever from somebody else's point of view 
try to be more patient than ever um, and practice that radical empathy because everyone needs it right now, no matter what you think they're going through. Everything right now is bad enough <laughs> that everyone is going through something. You know what I mean? Gosh, I love that. Viewfinders, you couldn't have said it better. That was brilliant insight from Becky. And, and again, we just want to start a conversation. So how are you dealing with inflation in your clinic? Is it impacting your staff, your morale? Is it impacting your ability to recruit? I mean, what solutions are you coming up with? We'd really like to hear you share your ideas because you just might help that clinic that really is struggling right now. Yeah, we do. I would love you guys are actually out there making solutions and and please share them so other people can help. You know where to find us. You can share on our Facebook or our Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder. You can tweet over there, Dr. Ernie at <laughs> Vet Viewfinder, and you can email me. So you have to include me in the hello at veterinaryviewfinder at gmail.com. You guys have a great rest of your week. Thanks again for tuning in and we will talk to you soon. And if you're inclined, please go over to Apple Podcast and just click on five stars and walk away because that means so much to us and takes you two seconds. So Cheaper than gas. That's right. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.